Today's show is brought to you by MeUndies. You wear underwear every day, and if you don't, it's time to start. MeUndies has the world's most comfortable pair of underwear, and right now they are offering BC Pod listeners 20% off and free shipping. So head over to MeUndies.com slash badchristian and order your first pair today. Today's show is also sponsored by Credit Karma. You can see your credit score right now absolutely free. No credit card needed. There is zero, no catch. Start taking your credit score seriously. Just text Bad Christian to 89800 and download the free Credit Karma app today. Hey guys, this is your BC Pod buddy, Dan Coke. And this is Nate Henry, and uh, we're the singer and guitarist of the band Sherwood. As some of you guys know, Sherwood was my original gig long before Pacific Gold. And after a long hiatus, we've decided to reunite and uh, make a new record and join the Bad Christian family. So if you're already a fan of our music, then check out our crowdfund campaign at backtotheSherwood.com, like Back to the Future, where we have some pretty sweet backer-only acoustic and unreleased albums, full albums of each of those things, not to mention an intro video that Matt Carter himself has called, quote, possibly the best crowdfund video of all time, end quote. Oh, thanks, Matt Carter. That's nice of you. He's a sweetie. If you have no idea who we are, then tune into Tuesday's Bad Christian Podcast, because we're guests on it. Thank you guys so much. Thank you. Podcast. Welcome to John's Basement, all you Ted Nugent freaks. My name is Chad, and I'm here to set the tone for tonight's show. For those of you at home, I'm going to describe the crowd for you and the environment tonight. We're in John's Basement, complete with a shuffleboard and a mural and some broken down drop ceiling. <laughs> describe the people a little bit. Oh, though. they're attractive, mostly bearded. A lot of... Nice. A lot of Grand Rapids IPAs I see amongst the crowd this evening, so it's nice sure work. to be a good night. Thank you very much, sir. Um, tonight, we will feature questions from our Grand Rapids audience. And even better than that, we excuse me, are going to be doing the damn news with Toby Morell. All right. And possibly, and possibly some roving reporters like that boo guy over there. Okay, so everyone, get on your feet, and let's see a podcast mosh fit for Christ. <laughs> it's the Bad Christian Podcast! You can keep it. Very good. Wow. Tell me out. Three, two, one! Jolly, drop the beat! I gotta change gears. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> what? I didn't see this cut. Wait. Two pizzas coming to my front door. And what? sorry, I could not eat them both. Is this spoken word? Well, maybe I can, but a choice that's poor to eat as many slices until it physically hurt and later can't fit in my favorite Emory shirt. Okay, I'll eat the other. I just don't care. And having perhaps the more shame because it was greasy and I didn't share. And now I can really... Hardly bear. I'm getting fat as hell and no one even cares. 
And in the morning, there's more hell to pay. Pepperoni and sausage is coming back. Oh, how I long to change my gluttonous ways, yet knowing at 9 p.m. I won't be able to delay. It's pizza time again, just one more day. I shall be telling Neil with a sigh, sometime this shit will have to stop. Two pizzas coming to my front door. I didn't eat less this time, nor even try, and I don't know if trying will make a difference. You break it down, Toby. <laughs> 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 Y'all see what we're up against here? Yeah. Does it does does this put it into a little more focus sometimes where we're coming from? I, I have no idea what that was. I didn't see it coming. I didn't. All I could think about was your poor wife and the romantic <laughs> poems that you wrote for her. What did that look like? She's like, oh great, this is awesome. I have to beatbox. I'll do it. Are I want gonna... y'all to give me some props for that poem. Did you? Y'all make it? some noise for Joy's poem. That was that was amazing. Do one more three, two, one. Three, two, one, Joey. There you go. <laughs> All right, it's the big Christian podcast. All right. Got to tell you, that's a huge thrill to have a live audience to, to do this in front of, to have instead of the sound effect cheers that we produce, that we pay, cut and paste into our show to have real people here. Thank you. So what is on the agenda tonight, folks? Is there anything burning in your brain you want to talk about? Well, first of all, the, the funniest thing I, I thought that happened is I tried to remember exactly John. We played, Matt and Toby played John's house. Uh, it's been like two years ago. And we were right and, here in this And I was like, and ago. I even smashed my rearview mirror in, on my car in his driveway. I was like, I know this house, no doubt. Joey, turn here. We pulled in. We knocked on Matt. Just opened the door and started walking in, and there was yeah, a you, man. You were standing. You went up the stairs, and you were yep. standing face to face with a, uh, a ball headed, middle aged, fifty year old, some dude. Which I assumed was John's dad. Right. Yeah. You know, visiting. I, I had a case of Coors Light. I walked and knocked on the door. He opened the door. I took one step in the door. He said, "What are we? What are we doing here?" <laughs> yeah, but no, 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 no. He was like, "What are we doing yeah, here?" He was happy. Big old smile. He, he was, was happy stoked. to see you. He, he was, was happy. Like, dude but, just showed up in my house with beer. He was Let's happy, do this. but really confused because you know. This was a block and a half up so the street. So basically, he was an alcoholic. <laughs> yeah. He was an alcoholic. But I it's mean. one of those things here, and I mean, you know, I'm not knocking the neighborhood, but it's like a bunch of houses. They're all built by the same builder in the same year. I'm guessing it's the 50s or so that these houses were built. And uh, what was it? The 20s? Yeah, this is, these are houses from the 20s, and they're identical. And uh, yeah, we didn't even look at the street. Just we go, that's it. That's John's house. Go walk in the guy. So him and his wife came. I don't know if they thought we were doing something bad, but I gave them one of the, one of our Coors Lights as a tax. <laughs> they said they said they would split it. <laughs> and True uh, they, story. they yeah they and he they, was still asking us to come. No, in. they wanted to they wanted to hang out. You Michigan yeah. folks, they're like, hey, some I don't know who you are. Come on in, let's drink. So you got good neighbors. <laughs> it was crazy. Like they were they started talking about this art. Is it art pre? Is that what it's called? Art, yeah, Art Prize. They were like, hey, you got to see this tomorrow. It's amazing. Yep. They were just talking. Telling us all we're like, about we got it. to get out of here. I don't know what to do. They're sweet people, but here, it's your beer. We got to leave. Yeah. <laughs> so we ended up here for sure. But with that being said, the, 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 you, I was just going to oh, say, yeah. you guys are great. Hospitality, hospitable people. I mean, it's really In unbelievable. Michigan. Yeah, Michigan. Yeah. Well, Wisconsin, I think just mid. Uh, someone said Wisconsin is like the, the southern state of Midwestern. And I think that's a way of saying they're rednecks. Like Midwestern rednecks. Michigan's got a lot of the outdoor stuff, right? So I've, I'm on record as the Midwest is absolutely terrible. 
for sure. Like I, I don't I don't like it for, at all. But I give a little bit of credit to Michigan and Wisconsin for being a little more uh, interesting. They have a little more outdoorsy stuff. They've got the lakes going. Everything's not totally flat. And you start to get far enough north and you start to get a little redneck. And I do like that. I, I respect that yeah. for sure. Yeah, the, the northern Midwest is like they have some personality. You get a little yep, bit south absolutely. and there's nothing there. But that's funny you say that because my wife and your wife are Midwestern. And Devin's wife, yeah, for yeah. those that know. And my wife Emory. is a spitfire. We actually got into an argument today. Oh really? Yeah, it was really? about it was about a few different things. Did you record it? Can we play clips or what? I what thought about do? that. She would be so mad if I did that. Um, it but was, she's not mad about. She we're is. Talking about she it now. is straightforward. Get to the point. Uh, and I'm very emotional. I know people wouldn't ever guess that about me, but I'm extremely emotional and loud and obnoxious. So I, I was at one point yelling the f word a few times. Well, and, slow down. You got to give us a little more details on the argument than that. Well, I'm interested. I don't know. When was this? How long ago? I know you're interested. I don't know if she will be. I've not told her that I would be talking to potentially thousands. <laughs> How and thousands long of people, ago was this? Did it she this ask morning? you to stop beating her again? Come on. <laughs> I'm just wondering. I mean, that's a lot of times your arguments why, are based on. Why that. do people in Grand Rapids laugh so much at that joke? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They love domestic violence. <laughs> cracks. <that's laughs> Nothing makes people in Grand Rapids laugh more than domestic violence. Apparently, <laughs> maybe we can go into more details about you guys because I came up with a game. Okay. Okay. About marriage. This is called Rate My Marriage. Rate <laughs> your marriage? Rate. Oh. Come on I, with that. I didn't know what, what you were talking about. You I, do know the word rate. I thought, what the hell were you talking about? You were a pastor. <laughs> anyway, this is called, I came up with a game today, and it's called Rate My Marriage. Rate, rate your marriage. my marriage. All right. Good God. Okay. So here's basically what I want to do. I, I want you guys, we won't write it down. Well, Matt, you can write yours down. I'm, yeah, we can write it down on your computer or whatever. But I want you to rate down what you think. Like, each of us rate. I'm going to ask a question about your marriage, and then you rate what you think the other person does. All right, well, so give me a ballpark. Zero, What's zero? Zero from, you can, your rating can be zero to 9.9. Is zero right? like okay. we want our so, spouse to be well, dead when we get home? The zero is, is that you hope they aren't alive when you get home. And then okay. 9.9 is just like uncre- unreal, like clean house, no money problems, every sexy thought is fulfilled. All that stuff, and okay. your arguments always are just amazing. You and just they lead describe to the perfect wife, right? That's a, that's a nine. That's a, a nine point house, and she fulfills that's, all of that's our almost sexual my dreams. Wife. That is almost my wife. <laughs> wow! So, all right, Priscilla, so, if you're listening, I think way more wife uh, stuff. So go ahead. <laughs> all right, so the the, the marriage yep. question tonight. We we'll only ask one question: rate what you think each other's sex life is. Each other's so I'm going to rate Matt's sex life. Yeah, with oh his boy. marriage. How, uh, how good or bad do you think it and, is? And I'll write down what it actually is. You write it down for me. Now, no, here's, here's a big question, though. What Bridget thinks of their sex life or no. what Matt thinks? Because his Bridget's not here. Okay. So how satisfied Matt is. I want you to rate what you think Matt's sex life is like. Is he like. trying and to then, get the, what I think it is or what it really is? Right. You need to say what it really is, okay. and then Joey's going to try and guess okay. that. And I'm going to try and guess yours, too. We'll guess for each other. Did you just okay. come up with this? My number's written yeah. down. For your marriage. For what your about marriage. you? Did you guess ours? I can do that next. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> That's how you play the game. And you guys can guess. Oh, uh, I'll, take, I'll take numbers out here. Have you ever wished that you kept track of how many times you've had sex with your wife? It's just interesting. Okay, let's get on I mean, with the game here. All right, so get, you just write down the number of yourself and the other two people. Okay, right? Uh-huh. Okay. Don't I'm look, ready. Don't I'm, look I'm, at my not, I got mine. Okay, I'm going to go... <laughs> I know a little bit about you. 
you guys. So <laughs> I'm going to go. Okay. All right. First of all, let's let the crowd just yell it out. What do you think, from a scale of 0 to 9.9, <laughs> Matt and his wife's sex life is like? Yell it out. Heard a lot of zero. Y'all are too kind. <laughs> Heard a lot of 69s. Um, <laughs> Six all right. I was, I was honestly, because Matt is so strategic in his thinking, and he could probably rationalize why it's so unbelievable and how, man, if I'm, if I'm having an orgasm, then that's a success. Um, I'm going to say a seven. You did seven even. Yep. 4.3. <laughs> you want to know my answer? Yeah, what's the true answer? Did you, I got 3.3. 3. 3. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, give them details. Uh, well, that's about one third where I want it to be. All right. Uh, what, what else details do you need? Now, you right. can't. You can't put that on Bridget. <laughs> I, I didn't say that. I've, no, no, it's not that, about. That's definitely no, not just, the case. Just okay. What he thinks. Okay. What do you, What do y'all think about me? The crowd. What do you think about me? Six. Oh. I got a better initial rating than you. I've got you at seven point two. I've got you at a six. Seven point five. Yeah. Wow. 7.5. It's pretty good. Our sex life is great. I'm pretty happy there's a, there could always be a few things more there's always could be a few this things this is such more. an incomplete conversation <laughs> well, i would no, love to hear what like, Jessica it's not a conversation say. it's a game i'm just saying next joey I, i'll talk a little bit more huh if you want go ahead no no no. i think it'd be great to hear what jessica would say because if you say oh, it, it yeah, would be for awesome sure. what do you want to do call her i guarantee you yes 100 all of all of them would say well under five for sure. Sure. I, I think bet. me and Bridget agree. We talk about it every day. I would, that, now, that is we, a good we question. We have it written on our wall. <laughs> we, just can't, we just can't do better. We, we're working on it's it. It's in permanent ink. It's not <laughs> even, you can't erase it. All right. What about Joy? What do you guys think, Grand Rapids? Zero. Nice. I said 6.6. Okay. 5.0. All right. I actually have a 7. Wow. Yeah. Why is that? Well, I would say it. I mean, it would it would even be higher. I think with four kids, uh, we're we're trying to figure out a higher frequency. But I'm telling you, when we (laughs) when we do it, it's good, man. So, like quality, I would rate it a a a nine. Quantity, a little lower. You know. Well, I mean, I'm telling you, there's. All right, so there was one time where. Um, I mean, there's some quantity seven. We have a, we have no, a smaller seven. We, we have quantity a, one. We have a smaller townhouse, okay. And I'm not going to sell myself or my wife out. I will just say that one time there was a knock, 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 and we were like, "Who is it?" And Gwenny was like, "It's me, Gwenny." We're like, "What do you want?" I I'm scared. I just woke up to. Oh, oh, oh. And we were like, crap. She, said, she, she was worried that mommy was hurt. I'm not going to say mommy. It could have been daddy. <laughs> All right. It could have been daddy. <laughs> I'm telling you, my parents, they did a hell of a job in hiding all that stuff from my brother and I. Like, I, I've talked to people in high school, and they would say, man, I'm, I'm about to kill myself. I heard my parents doing it last night. It's driving me crazy. And I was like, man, my parents never. There was only one time. Well, actually, two times, and Toby was a part of one of them. <laughs> That's, not we got to clear good. that up. Yeah, well, I'll clear it up in a second. All right, so, so there was a one time. I don't know if, uh, if y'all ever heard of the, the band called Bread. It's back in the 70s. So one time my dad came to me and my brother, 
And I was probably like, uh, I don't know, nine. My brother was 11. My dad said, you listen here, boys. He's like, I've been away on a trip. Your mom and I, we're going to go in our room. The door's going to be locked, and we're listening to music together. Do not knock on the door. And we're like, we seriously are like, oh, okay, enjoy your music. We had no idea. I mean, we just never even thought of our parents having sex. And then this was great, though. So Toby has not seen my dad for, I don't know, four years. And so we knock at my parents' front door. It's my, like 8 or 8.30, 9 o'clock at night. Yeah, yeah, so my dad opens the door, sticks his head through, and uh, sees Toby. He's like, oh, hey, Toby. And then he looks at I me said, like, hey, Virgil, how you doing, man? Great to see you. He's like, hey. And hey. then he looks at me for like, what, what are you doing here for? And I was like, well, I mean, you haven't seen Toby in like four years. He's like, oh, okay, hi. Yeah. And we are like. And I said, Where, where's Barbara? He's like. She's in the bedroom. She's already laying down for the night. <laughs> oh, he did. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, see you later. <laughs> I knew that. And y'all took off. That was that. Did you ever hear your parents have sex? Nope. Not a once. Did they? They probably only had sex like three times. For... Procreation only. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. We actually, Toby and I had a roommate that was so hard-headed, and he wanted to argue with me that God created sex only for procreation. It was a sin to do it out of enjoyment. Do you remember that? We actually had a huge argument. I was like, are you kidding me? It has to be for enjoyment, for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if it was for procreation, you would just say, hey, let's go to the bathroom, let's have a kid. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, see you later. There wouldn't be any kind of... (laughs) Does anybody have a question? I guess that settles it. I guess we're, that's settled. We're off to an intense start. <laughs> How many people do we have married in, in the zone tonight? Close to half, that is. Wow. Somebody just said, oh, shit. Oh, my God. <laughs> Are they uncomfortable with know. a lot of married oh. people? <laughs> well, I mean, that's... that's oh, shit. You know, that, that's part of the thing. I, I'd love to get, you know... I don't... I mean, what do you really think the average is across the spectrum of people's... I mean, not even just their sex life, but where their marriages are. I don't think it's... I don't think everybody's in the sevens, is what I'm saying. Uh, well, I, I think we've talked about this before, too. If you ask any individual here, are, are you seven plus in your marriage rating, I bet their hand will go and You're up. talking about just in general, not sex. You're saying just in happy general, in your marriage. In general, yeah. wow. but, but do you really think that's where it is? Because, I mean, they say the divorce rate is, I don't know, between 30 and 50% or something right. like that. But I'm figuring if that's the divorce rate, the unhappiness rate, yeah. the people that are under 5.0 in marital satisfaction, well, that's probably in the 60, 70, 80% rate. Don't here's, you think? Yeah, here's my theory. That's what I think. My theory is uh, couples that have been married less than 30 years, the highest uh, percentage of happy times they experience in a year is 50%. So 50% of their year is just great. Oh, marriage is just great. The other 50%, eh, not so great. We've had some. But I think once you get past 30 years – the potential is there for you just to kind of be happy a lot. Because it's just like, you, you finally get to a point where you're just like, you know what? He's always going to be that way. She's all, eh, screw it. Let's just do life together. Good Lord. Let's just have community. You know, it's like our small group. And we get to have sex, too. I mean, how many times do you get to go to small group? You know, they're starting well? to build houses with dual master suites. I now, like, and that's yeah. getting more and more. And it sounds kind of nice. But it's not that crazy. But I'm saying there's a reason, and I'll identify with this, but there's a reason why it's so funny to watch George Costanza's parents on Seinfeld. There's a reason why that's funny. It's not because they're so out there and so weird and they don't remind you of you or your parents. It's because they do. 
I think that's probably the way it is. Oh, for sure. But that's the thing. The world. The, here's the thing I thought. That's the not the, divorce. The, Frank the, and uh, Estelle Costanza right. are the not divorce people. Right, but that's that's the only time like it's it's shown to be hilarious and you laugh at it. Yeah. Not, I don't think anybody really thinks that because just when I was growing up, it was all oh rom coms and and what love is is this crazy thing where it got mixed up and you you love each other but it's not going to work out. But then in the end, it does, and then you have this awesome wedding day, and then the movie ends or all, all this stuff, and nobody tells you about divorce. And when it's divorce, it's kind of kept quiet and all this stuff. And so I think. If, if there are low numbers in marriage, it's because the expectations are outrageous and silly. It's not so that marriage sure. is hard. Friendship's hard. Work's hard. All these things are hard. Why would your marriage be always just, oh, man, it's so wonderful in a fairy tale? Yep. It's not. It's, it's way less than that. And that probably makes it even more real. It should, if we didn't have these silly expectations that weren't true, it would be way better. Yeah, the more you believe in fairy tales, probably the worse. But that's why I think I could make a killing selling uh, divorce insurance. Personally, yeah, you've talked about this. I, yeah. I think it's a great. I think idea. you can make a killing in that. I just don't really understand why anybody hasn't done it. I probably don't have the, uh, what do they say, bandwidth to do it. So I'm probably not starting this. But I'll put this out there for anybody. Think of it this way: if you, if you're about, you're a young couple and you're starry eyed and you think we'll never get divorced. This is the happiest time of our life. Here's what I want to do. Or some investor, some Silicon Valley guy, somebody starting a startup. They're going to raise a bunch of investment capital and say, you know what? I believe in you guys too. So I know it's hard times. I know you're young. I know you're starting a family. I'm going to, I believe in you too. I'm going to give you $20,000 to start your life together. So they can use that for the wedding. They can use that for the house down payment, whatever they want to do. But knowing the statistical rates of divorce and stuff like that, you have a penalty for the people who swear they're never going to get divorced. So I've got a penalty built in there. It's, it's, it's like uh, 75 grand if you get divorced. <laughs> you see? But if you're not going to get divorced, you're going to take my money and you're going to be happy forever because right. you're so confident about it. So I'm going to give you the 20 grand. And then, and I'm making these numbers up. I'd have to use some uh, what are the actuaries to figure out exactly what the numbers would be. Haven't done the research yet. But. If you don't get divorced, you'll keep my money forever. It'll start your family. That's great. But since I know statistically so many people will get divorced and want to bank on that fact, here's the thing why it wouldn't even be that predatory of a business because when you get divorced, we all know the lawyers get all the money. It financially falls apart and it becomes a huge disaster. And by the time they get divorced, they probably have built up their family and their house. You know, They, they have equity and, and money by the time they get divorced. It's seven years in. It's 10 yeah. years in. And so there's really no loser. So I'm not even really the bad guy because I take my cut before the divorce lawyers do anyway. That's the way the contract writes up, you see. Right. And so because you know when you get divorced when you're 37, 38, it's kind of like, oh, it all, it's all screwed up. You lose all your money. You start over anyway kind of thing. So it's a way to reward people to stay together, first of all. So I find it somewhat of an altruistic business opportunity because it rewards people to stay together because there's a penalty if you get divorced and it helps young couples when they start and i'm probably going to get rich the moral the moral, the moral dilemma no, no moral of dile you being a christian and saying oh, not, i hope they get a divorce no, no, it's I not. what i'm saying is the moral dilemma is i'm pro morality that all they got to do is stay together which is what i want them to do mm, do you so either i say okay either hold I on, save let me, marriage no, 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 in let america me, or i get me, rich let me back you in a corner all right no, i don't want you to back me if in a corner i want you this, to be my investor if you start don't this, back me into a corner if you start this and no one gets a divorce you're bankrupt then i've saved marriage you you're <laughs> and bankrupt. i'm a martyr it's good <laughs>
Then I've saved it. How many marriages no, have I saved? But nobody, if that's if you actually had that business, nobody would want to hang out with you ever because you'd be coming around and you'd be like, yeah, how, how's things going with you and you and Jess? It, and she can be a real jerk, can't she? <laughs> <laughs> I would have I some know, field agents out there sowing some You're a good yeah, dude. seeds of bitterness out there. Yeah, that would be good. <laughs> so seeds of bitterness. Yeah. <laughs> All right, who has a question or a comment or anything? Let's, let's get this going. Who has the biggest balls in the room and wants to start this up? Uh, in the back. Y'all pass this back to him back there. If you were a fart for Jesus, what would you be? What type of fart? Wow. <laughs> I think I would be like a silent but violent for God's kingdom, <laughs> for sure. <laughs> like I wouldn't want all the attention, man. I would just want to be humble and kind of be below the surface and just make big splashes for God's kingdom. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm gonna let just that one stink in up the universe yeah. for Jesus. How about another? questions <laughs> <laughs> all right so i listened to your last podcast this morning and i'm not totally convinced on this no hell deal can you okay. oh yeah we're me? actually going to talk about that tonight. let's do it right yeah, now let's do it, now. Let's okay, do it. five minutes a lot of people me. aren't convinced on that a lot, a lot of people, people on this side of the table aren't so convinced yeah, of that. yeah. <laughs> i'll just leave it be for whenever you talk about it then. no we're talking no, about no, it now we're yeah, good let's I'm do that right so i've already have people worried about me and let's hear this channel what's your name my name's ethan Ethan, what's your thoughts on that? He wants people to burn in hell forever. <laughs> not at That's all. Not at all. I really, it's just like, a, it's, I'm working through it in right. my own head, so I don't really know what I think. Uh, it's an interesting thought, what you bring to the table. Uh, I just want to know more. Yeah, I, I guess first I would say that, um, well, I would just be reiterating what I said on the podcast. I'm going to believe whatever I feel is true. And it just so happens. I mean, I've believed in the traditional view of hell that people are in conscious torment for eternity. I've believed that for 37 and a half years of my life. And I'm 38 years old. And uh, really listening to a different translation of Scripture. When and you not were six months old, you believe people were going to hell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's cr- that's cold, man. I was a very colicky yeah. baby. It just yeah. did not work for me. I was just so you, sad. What, I mean, that's I was always crying. <laughs> you better you better turn. All right, you better All follow right. Jesus. No, to to me now it's 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 weird, but. You know, so many of us are so quick to say, well, wait a second, you just can't dodge tradition, all that stuff, yet we're all believing in something that all of a sudden Martin Luther changed tradition after hundreds and hundreds of years. He said, well, wait a second. So there is We've precedent start- for the, the entire church uh, and, and, its, and its subsequent people to change on a dime. Yes. That there is precedent for such yes. a thing. Yes, yes. And I just know, and I, you, I using, I'm sorry, using the Bible and Scripture and exegesis as a basis for such a turn on a dime. Right, right, that, and that I, it, right, like that's something. Yeah, and I, and I'll say this, like I actually, I am big time into authority and submitting to it, and so it is. It means a lot to me that there are some very smart, very conservative evangelical Christians that read the Bible and they're like, whoa, wait a second. I've been wrong all this time. Like this isn't some this view that I feel like I'm acquiring. It's not this crazy thing that people are just like, oh, the Bible. Who needs that? Let's just push it aside. It's like, wait a second. The Bible's been saying something differently all along. We've been missing it. So here, I'll just throw two examples out. The wages of sin is death. 
the free gift of God's eternal life. Why do we assume, oh, well, by death he means alive forever, just burning in hell? Or well, it seems the, the like one, he just says the, death. The, the or one that I heard today, the John three sixteen is so yeah. so that you so for God's God so love the world, world, he gave his only begotten Son, so that we would have eternal life. Eternal life. So that not means so that if, we would spend eternal life on one side versus the other. Right. Yeah. Right. Now, and for it, the record, I don't agree. I'm I'm more with what's your name, Ethan. Ethan. I'm more with Ethan. I'm much more comfortable believing people have eternal, <laughs> eternal conscious torment and for fire. You're way more comfortable it's, with that. At this time, that's way more yeah. comfortable wow. for me. I think but, most Christians are really I, down with the fire and worms. Yeah. Which, which is bizarre. But I think the interesting question is it, it really brings up whether it's this point or not. First of all, does it matter? Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. Totally matters. Okay. Maybe it does. Maybe it doesn't. But it's just this one's a real weird one because... It comes up in the time that we're in. It's a postmodern time. It comes up in a time when people are looking for stuff that, that you can be accused of. Oh, you're just looking for feel-good doctrines or whatever. I'm going to turn the table on you and say, I'm, your view I'm of not... traditional hell is heresy, you okay. son of a bitch. <laughs> what I'm I mean, saying is I haven't, really ever, I haven't really ever thought through it. But I do agree with you that there is premise, there is, pr- uh, there is precedent for, for changing orthodoxy. Right. There, there is. So, so I don't believe that you have to adhere to whatever was before you. I don't. Yeah. I like uh, anti-authoritarian stuff. I like new thinking. I like, uh, I like that line of thinking. But this one I, I find, you know. Here's totally, what's interesting. I, I, is, I find is, it shocking and crazy. And I'm not, I don't want to jump there. I, yeah. hope, I hope I don't. I'll feel so stupid if I a month from now, I agree with you. I feel so stupid. <laughs> that, well, you know what I mean? You. Because I, I'm just much. trying to dissect the philosophical part of it because... No, you're not. I will you, feel silly if I thought this thing and then I thought a different thing. But I'm not saying your view's right, but it's interesting to that you can change your point of view and maybe that's a good thing. Right. Well, I, I, what I disagree with is you said that you're interested in dissecting philosophy and no, you're not. When it comes to this viewpoint, you shun all philosophy because I've even said before, I've said, look, let's just ask this question and it's worth, it's worth considering. And you're like, no, it's not. The question of what is the point? What does God gain by having people tortured forever and ever? Like, what is the benefit? What does God get to be like, okay, forever these people are in pain. I checked that off my list. Now, I believed in that my whole life, basically, and I still tried to be a good Christian, serving God, yielding to Jesus' grace and all that stuff. So it's not like I was like, screw you, God. I'm not going to follow you because of this. But that's a, that's a logical question. Why? What good is that? Do we have any atheists in here like, holy shit, what a, why did I come tonight? Anybody here? No brave atheist. Well, let me ask. Let me ask you this, Matt. If if you read all scripture, and I don't mean you as in Matt. I mean you in general. If you read all scripture, and you oh, could I say, you know it. what, fifty percent of the verses point towards a traditional view, fifty percent point towards more of a annihilationist point of view. What would you say makes more sense philosophically okay. as far as what God would do with human souls that do not conform to His I will? I don't think that really has anything to do with it. I think there's two th- two ways that I would that I would like to look through this. Number right. one is, um, I, don't, I don't put these in order, but the two way, the only two ways that I know how to put it is, number one, there's what do I think Scripture's saying, regardless of how I like it. Right. What did I think this word means, that word means, or what that writer was trying to say. However I sort through that, that's number one. And then number two, I assume I'm an idiot, and so I therefore need to and trust the this council or this meeting or where they declared this a heresy and the the people that are smarter than me today 
in the 1500s and 360, I have to use that as well. And then the last thing that I almost really don't want to consider at all is what do I think about the God that I would want to serve? That has to go almost the lowest. That means almost nothing. Like to put, you know what I mean? Unless you consider that God made you a person that would be attracted to the creator. No, you don't I think mean, he would think, make I, you I think to human biases are the, are the worst. I mean, they're the, the they lead to That's every so bad thing. So bizarre to me. Like human, I, what humans want to believe is seems like the silliest possible thing. So I had to be careful to not gravitate toward everything that feels good. Any further all, questions in this subject uh, area? Any further questions? Investigate something like that. Does anybody want to ask questions about? Fiery sulfur. All right, anybody else forever? have another question? Right here, right. moving to a new direction. Go ahead. It'll be no problem. Joey, uh, what yes. does your church think about the podcast? Did you have to meet with them before, or are you are you planning on them contacting you afterwards? Uh, my church does not know about this, and my my real name it. is Herman uh, yeah. Malchus. Yeah. If so. you guys could keep it on the DL, we sure would appreciate. Yeah, it. Yeah, appreciate sure. it. No, we've definitely had. I've had open conversations with our leaders. They're not totally comfortable with it. Um, and they're not at near close to a point where they're saying you can't do both. So it's one of those things to where I really do respect our church because they're willing to say, yeah, we're not totally comfortable with it, but we know you. And, uh, we also don't want to be so close handed with controlling everything. So we, Toby and I really work at a really awesome church. So I'm not saying that it would never get to the point where they're just like, yeah, these two things, they just don't mesh well. There's too many people leaving Seacoast Church. And the better question, if they did, what, where, what do you do then? Um, I mean, that's the, really the real question. Like, if they said choose, I'd just start begging people to join the BC Club. Like, what, like, <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's an interesting question. I won't make you come down too hard on it, but. If it was like, yeah, what you already have done, what's already in your archive, and what it seems like you're going to do is, is, is more than we can tolerate now that we've investigated it. Right. What we need you to do is go to Matt and Toby and tell them, y'all have got to tone it down 40% if you want to continue. Yeah. What would you do? I would just follow the Holy Spirit's promptings. No, I'm serious. I'm serious. What would you do? Like, like, what would that, like, would it be better for you to bow? Like, what would it mean to tone down what we do? Uh, brother, I would follow I'm the Holy you Spirit. Answer question. the question. I'm asking you no, a serious Joey's question. No, Joey's trying to avoid the question because he doesn't want to answer it. No, I'll answer the question. I was just ignoring it. So what? What? Like <laughs> if, if, it's not that crazy. If they ask you, hey, you, what you're doing, we think is kind of cool. Are you reaching the fringe and you're out there with the crazy? Is that how my pastor yes, talks? I've talked and to he him. Does his hand exactly like this. what he's wow. like. Wow. Yeah. And he says, I need you to tone it down a lot. Like, you got to back off on this, this, and this. You can't say this word. You can't do this. And you can't challenge these paradigms anymore. But you can continue to do the podcast. What Then what do you do with me and Toby or your job? Well, I would definitely say, hey, I feel I feel a deeply rooted conviction. Right, right. But he's not listening to you. This is an ultimatum this. that comes down to you. An ultimatum? From them. I'm saying you could, with like. Oh, there. I mean, there's there's already a pretty general understanding, and and here and here's the the admirable thing of our church leaders. They recognize that what we're doing is unique enough to where it has to continue. So yep. I think we would figure out how to yep. part those two things. But um, I mean, where I stand right now, I think the two can coexist for a while. Ooh, it's t- we're on the borderline sometimes, I think. But you know, well, go I'm ahead, glad, end it, I, I go ahead and end you, it all. Say the most horrible, no, not, vulgar thing possible no, not, right now. I'll put it this way: I'm glad you got your toe in the Uber. <laughs> <laughs> you know, 
<laughs> it's interesting that you would ask that question, though, because you, you asked that question assuming no church would let us work there, right? I mean, because much, yeah. because of I, I, I because I the things we most. talk about and the words we say and the word and the right that I mean. So transfer it. Joey goes to you. He goes. We need to tone it back forty percent. Right. What's your counter offer to Joey? You say, oh. okay, we'll tone it down ten percent, but you can't. We can't do that. What do you say to him? Uh, okay, uh, clarifying this so that everybody knows, our church has not asked us to do oh, this. Of course and We've not. had several co- conversations, so this isn't about our church. I really actually believe. Our church, Seacoast, which maybe I hope they still want us to say their name, but or is might be the only church in America that would allow us to do this. At I that size. That. At that size. Th- no, nah, maybe any church. No, there's a lot of churches that follow us and love us, and they're smaller Who? churches. Uh, name one. Uh, the Grace Great. Bread Church. Okay, cool. Yeah. I don't know of one off the top of my head, and I don't know why they would, and I, maybe they shouldn't. That's okay. We might Cell be really, and Molecule we, Church. We might be leading everybody astray, so don't listen to what we have to say. But I, I would say for me at this point, anybody here that would raise their hand and say they're a Christian, if we're not wrestling with something and we're just accepting it, then this we're it's real bad. You only got can, about. But can you oh, accept oh, that? Can back. I finish? Yeah. Can he can finish, finish? You piece can of talk? shit. I went, Joey can't even say go to hell anymore. He, I, that's gone. <laughs> oh, really? Annihilation, bitch. Annihilate yourself, bitch. <laughs> you don't exist, MFR. <laughs> I'll see you never. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to exist forever. Um, but I, I think that that is the thing that our podcast is about is that we have to do more and take a little bit more ownership and say these things. So with your question that you asked, I feel like at this point, if I don't do something like this, then I'm lying. I'm not being totally truthful. I, I want people to know, really know me. We've said this before. They say on your deathbed, one of the most things that everybody says is nobody actually really knew me. And what that means is you're scared for somebody to really know you. What in the hell is that? What is it? I mean, that, that's wild thought that nobody actually knew how shitty you were. Is that what you're scared of? That somebody right. might would have something on you or whatever. So I think I would rather people go, man, Toby's not that cool. He's shitty. He does bad stuff. He's not a good husband. All, all these different things than to not know me. I mean, th- those things are maybe even okay. They're not right, but it might be okay. And so I think for me, for somebody to say, hey, Tone this down and, and you know, censor this because that would be a lie. Yep. And that would be more wrong than doing it right. to me. So. so if Joe asked you to back it down, so, I mean, could you back it down 5% though? Probably. Yeah, I could do that. Okay. <laughs> that, that's what I'm asking. I probably should though. Yeah. Right. I, I'm, I'm all for wisdom and changing my life and getting <laughs> right. better. Because the, 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 the counter to that is I'm under no authority. Fuck them. I do what I do. Hell yeah. <laughs> right? I mean, that, but that's, that sounds crazy when I say it out loud. But on the other hand... Who is them, by the way? The establishment, the yeah. man, oh, the mega God. church. Mark Driscoll. You know, all of them. <laughs> no. all, of, all of them. My the cops. Lord, Joey. Baltimore. Cops. Everybody. <laughs> Obama. Ferguson. Everything. Oh, God. This has turned bad. Calm down, dude. Good Lord. <laughs> okay, right. you won. I can't work for Seacoast anymore with that bullshit. <laughs> all right. That's, uh, we're going to take a break here. We're going to talk to our sponsors for a second we're gonna tell people about them and mainly i got a piece so bad you can't even believe it so I first it, it, yeah i got second and then after that the the crowd can go next and we'll be down here in about five minutes yep all right guys we all know how sexy confidence can be you know when you feel like just 
kind of proud and you just feel good, like you've lost a little bit of weight, you're wearing the right clothes. And that confidence comes from being, you know what, kind of comfortable. Now, here's where MeUndies comes in. Tell me where it comes in. They have created the world's most comfortable underwear. Seriously. Uh, This is underwear that you can wear every day, 365 days a year, rain or shine. And if you are like me and you want your underwear to be amazing, you want it to be extraordinary, you don't want it to be all rolled up and cheap and no good, and especially you don't want to pay an unbelievable amount of money, a huge, insane price tag, MeUndies is the way to go. They understand it. They know that you want great quality at an affordable price. And that's why I love MeUndies. It's basically luxury at half the retail price that you would find anywhere else. So it's twice as soft as whatever underwear you're wearing right now. It's MeUndies is made from Modal, a fabric that's twice as soft as cotton. It's got uh, MeUndies offers tons of colors and styles. The only place to get matching pairs for men and women. So husband and wives go and and get a pair that hey matches. Uh, that's a pretty cool idea. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, plus we all know that paying for shipping sucks. So MeUndies has removed that from the equation. All orders in the U.S. and Canada ship for free. MeUndies even has a money back guarantee. So. If you don't love your first pair, you get to keep it for free. You literally have nothing to lose, guys. Come on. <laughs> and to sweeten the deal, MeUndies is offering you 20% off your first order at MeUndies.com forward slash Christian, And that's a special offer just for our listeners. So make sure you go to MeUndies.com Christian to get 20% off your first order and tell them that we sent you. Folks, you've heard me talk about credit karma before. So two things, free credit score Second thing, no catch. Let me repeat it. Free credit score, no catch whatsoever. All you got to do to get that is to text Bad Christian to the number 89800 to download Credit Karma's app. Now, here's the thing apps are great because it's right there on your phone. So you don't need your computer to see your score. Uh, I actually found myself checking my scores while I was waiting for an appointment the other day just because I could. So I know that maybe checking your credit score isn't the top of mind thing that you want to do unless you're OCD like my buddy Joey is. But that's what's one good thing about Credit Karma is they uh, they have credit monitoring. So once you get the app, once you download it, once you check your credit score for free, it can monitor your credit. And then if something fishy comes up, you can check it and see, see, if, see if it's legit or not, basically. So, you know, there's tons of good information on their site. This is a great company that helps consumers people like you and me stay updated on such an important number as your credit score. I just bought a house recently. I checked my credit before that so I knew what I was up, what I had before I went in for the appointments for the financing and stuff like that. It's really good to know and it's free. Credit Karma makes it that way for you. Also tons of good information on their site. They also provide you with stuff like that. It's just a resource. It's just information and it's for you. So with Credit Karma you can see your credit score right now absolutely free. Just text Bad Christian to 89800 and download the free Credit Karma app to get started. And I'm asking you to do it that way, to text Bad Christian to 89800 because that's how they'll know that we sent you. That's how Bad Christian, Toby, Joey, and I will get credit for the referral. So please do that. Don't delay. Do it right now. We know your financial life is important. So text Bad Christian to 89800 like I did right now to download the free app. And we're back! Great rapping! You Are you guys having a good time tonight? It's so crazy. Like at, at, at halftime, we always feel differently with how things are going. It's unbelievable to me. 
This is halftime? Yep. We're in the third quarter now? Yep, we're entering the third right, quarter. Who, who's winning, me, you, and Toby, or these clowns out here? Uh, <laughs> you know, we're all on the same team, okay. Matthew. We're all on the same team. So the, the question is, are Everybody we, gets are a we, participation trophy Are we winning together? Are we in community? Are we connecting? Are we pouring into each other? That is right. That's right. the question. The question is, what do you want to do for the rest of the thing? I haven't gotten the wildest response from people that they have questions and want to chime in, which is blowing uh, 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 oh Okay. It's, uh, it's started now. <laughs> okay, okay. Oh, shit. Right, so you're the, Damn. You, you guys are the classic slow starters here. So <laughs> I, you just need a little bit of challenge, and then, of course, everybody in here is going to want to ask a question. And the one guy raises his hand and then shoots a, a gun finger at me. So that he must be the, the guy that wants to talk the most. So let's, let's, let's find out what you want to talk about, mister. What's Man, your name? Toby. I'm Brett. Brett. Matt and Toby, you guys have talked about being in a Christian band. That's right. And in the beginning, Brett, you, you talked have great about... great hair. Dude. <laughs> hey, so do you, Toby. Not yeah. bad. Hey, thank you, man. <laughs> um, you guys talked about in the beginning of Emory, you guys would preach from stage a lot. Um, and you've talked about toning that down a little bit as you guys gotten a little bit older. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do you think there's a perfect model for being a Christian ministry band, or do you think it's kind of case-by-case basis, or how do you feel about that? Well, let's dissect what preaching from stage means. Uh, In general, when people say preach from stage, I guess they're just talking about, like, if you say anything at all about God or Jesus from stage, you will be accused of preaching. And even if you don't, even if you say something semi-moral from stage instead of, let's make some fucking noise, then you'll get accused of preaching from stage. Right. But... well, I'm talking like it's not preaching. Like, like to preach would be like, what does it mean biblically to preach? It means like, I don't. I'm not really sure. I think people debate that, but could it mean like you have to give a gospel invitation and really uh, an altar call, an altar call, and you you tell scripture and you you go really deep in? I don't know if almost any band really does that. Well, I'll tell you what, Wolves at the Gate kind of does that. Yeah. Sleeping <laughs> Giant, Sleeping Giant, Sleeping too. Giant yeah. kind of does that. There's a few bands, they, but that do it. they it, cut a song in order to preach the gospel. Well, what I'm saying is it. Typically, in our scene, bands get accused of preaching for saying the simplest little thing. Also, since he's the guitar player and never had to say a damn word for all these years, <laughs> nobody listens to the guitar player. Hey, That's man, why I started a podcast. <laughs> Got him. Hey, I want to say that I, I have not been... The pastor I, interrupts me. I've, Go ahead. I've been to like 5% of all of Emory's shows. No, probably 1% or less than that. And I was able to witness the first time you ever said the F word, and it was in Australia. And what did you say? It was the best thing ever. Everybody do what? Get your fucking hands up. (laughs) (laughs) So when you start out and you're in the Christian world, you do feel some obligation because there's a pressure there. And so there's there's a ton of bands that feel like I'm a Christian and I have this microphone, so I have to proclaim the gospel in a way. But that is absurd. And any other profession, you would hate that. If a guy, if a guy leaned up from your engine and said, "Hey, man, your alternator's messed up. This is gonna be three hundred dollars." Do you know Jesus as your personal Lord? Get the hell out of here, dude. You can't cut me a deal or whatever. You know, any other job. If a plumber turned around and you saw a plumber crack and he's trying to share the gospel, no, thank you, no, thank you at all. Why? Because you have a microphone. Would that automatically would we should be entitled to proclaim the gospel like that is what is meant by proclaiming the gospel there's a million different ways to proclaim the gospel and so i actually started feeling weird because when i said something about jesus from stage it was only for the people that believed in jesus and they would cheer and that just felt so fake 
so not right. And, and it, it totally just put a, a bunch of people in the audience like, damn it, what, what's happening here? I came to see a show. So for me, it just started feeling not real. I, I thought that was way worse than me getting over myself and hanging out with a fan after a show or saying, hey, so that that is why we started doing was stop doing it. And then half the time, if I talk about God, it's usually at a Christian festival where I feel like I, I have an anger against them because of what is going on, and I chastise them inappropriately, wrongly, for sure. You've I, asked for someone to meet you outside after the show to fight. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> it was a Christian. But I, Christian festivals are, we've we played a ton of them, and they're awesome, but I, I, I want to make sure that people understand the reason why you start a band is to be in entertainment and to create and for people to like your music. And then this other thing that you're doing, you can put that in there, but I don't care if you're, I don't want to hear about your veganism if you're in a band. I don't care about, you know, your politics or all this other stuff. I like your damn song. So that's what I want to hear and, I, and, and, and that's what I want to be. And it's okay to be who you are, maybe off stage, but when you're promoting that, whoever it is, that feels more like an agenda than, hey, we're here together and you like me and what I created. Let's 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 be or there. Or potentially so that's a cheat code, like if you yeah. if you say right. Jesus, if you allow yourself to play at churches, if you accept the benevolence of the church crowd, then that can be a shortcut to getting people to allow you to play in front yeah. of oh, one hundred. Yeah. It's youth a vicious cycle. Kids. You can't get out. Yeah. So you grow up in youth group, and then all of a sudden you're in a band and you start touring around churches. How do you get out of it? You can't. Mm. You just can't. It, it can it can be a shortcut for bands. Say, well, if we do churches, we'll get more shows. If we cater to this crowd, we can play in front of these people. It's, it can be a difficult thing, and, and plus there's pressure and guilt and you know obligation all all built into that. Yeah, and so. now the church is known for creating shitty music. Yeah. I mean that that's yeah. what that somehow how did that happen? Because oh well, as a message, what the hell does that mean? I'd way rather you kick ass on guitar than tell me about the Lord. <laughs> that sounds horrible, but that's true. That's true. If I if I'm a Christian, I should be studying about the Lord myself and figuring that out and all those things. I don't need this weird song that says something uh, about a mountain. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> anyway, all right, Tony. All right, Tony. You, you what's your question up here? Here you go. We're hoping for a subject change. By Tony, the way. what's your last name, man? Gephardt. Awesome. Yeah. Tony G. Oh. Yeah. That's what that's what they called me in middle school in choir. <laughs> like, Tony G, the blind guy. <laughs> um, Did you no. beat he beat the hell out of him for saying that? Well, that's what I got the stick for. <laughs> hell nice. yeah. yeah. Touche. Very good. Um, no, this is revisiting the punishment question. From the perspective of uh -huh. a disabled individual, uh -huh. there are a lot of people who think because someone has a disability, they are condemned or being punished for something that they did. I think that's bullshit. I lost my... Because sure. I lost my vision 10 years ago, and it was After you killed best. 100 people. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I tripped an old lady. I couldn't help it. I didn't see her there. But... <laughs> So, t Tony, you lost your vision after having sight for, for uh, 15 years? No, or no, no. I I'm 19 now, uh -huh. and I lost my vision right before my ninth birthday from a eye disorder called vitreoretinopathy, uh -huh. and I had a trampoline accident. Um, and it kind of took my vision completely, and I picked up music right away. But that's the thing um, that I wanted to talk about is, do you think that it's God punishing you? Or do you think it's God making you unique? That's my personal opinion. I think the perspective that people are condemned or that they're punished because of a mental disorder, a physical disorder, I think that's bullshit. I don't, I don't think you know, that's even an appropriate assumption to make because everyone's unique. I mean, Jesus, 
Yeah, Jesus answered that clearly because someone even asked him. They're just like, is this because of that person's sin or the sin of their parents? And he right. said it wasn't for either. So, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, I do think it's and bullshit, And here's another sure. thing I want to bring up. There's a lot of people always tell me, oh, I'm praying that you get your vision back. I'm praying that you, you restore your vision, blah, blah, blah. And in, mm-hmm. in my opinion, I don't like that. I hate yep. that. I hate it when people send me Facebook messages or when people hear about my story, they're like, I'm so sorry for your loss. I'm like, mm-hmm. what loss? I didn't lose anything. I, I gained knowledge and wisdom through a different way of seeing the world. Do you, would you call it suffering? No. Or no? I wouldn't. It's, if anything, it's suffering that makes wisdom. I wouldn't even call it bad suffering. It's, it's How about initially? I'm really curious because I think it's awesome what you're saying, but when you first lost your sight, would you have considered yourself suffering? Well, I was nine years old, so I was traumatized. Yeah. You know, I mean, as a mm-hmm. child, when something like that happens, when you lose a parent or, you know, you, you're unable to walk or, you know, you find out that you have autism or something like that, you know, it, it destroys you. You think, oh, great, I'm different. I'm the shittiest person in the whole universe. All the kids in school are going to make fun of me. And, you know, that and of course that happened to me in elementary school. I was have you experienced people directly telling you that your vision loss is due to your sin? Have you experienced that in a direct way? Thankfully, no. I have not. I have not been approached by that yet but i see it but I, in, in the people, indirect way you 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 hear and have experienced people insinuating that about people in general of course and then you you say that well how would that apply to me right yeah like i don't have anything in my life i'd be like well god hates me i'm there's nothing in my life where that would be true because you know god loves the world and his we're his children you know so it, I don't know. It's a, it's a weird convo that I've had with people because I, I always tell people, please don't pray for me, you know. And you know, I would never reject. Maybe prayer. pray for you, but not for your vision. More like pray for more wisdom to be stronger and more of a motivation for other people with disabilities. Mm-hmm. All know? right. So I, hearing you, really respect what you're saying. So I'm not trying to make light. I, this is an interesting question to me. Like, what if someone snuck attack you, touch? <laughs> Touched your eyes and said, be healed in the name of Jesus, and you could see. Would you be pissed at him? I actually went to a Pentecostal church for nine months, and um, I had the pastor come up to me and three other people. They were all surrounding me, touching my head, like, in the name of Jesus, restore this man's vision. And it it made me feel so uncomfortable. Yeah, but if it would have worked, would you have been mad? That's a really good question because I've thought about that before, Joey, like, if I were to wake up someday and I'd be able to see the green grass on the outside and be able to look up at the sky and see the sun, you know, I, it's a hard one. I don't want my vision back as crazy as that sounds. Like, I'm happy the way I am. I think it's a new perspective and a new way of looking at life. I, I think the thing is, first of all, all of us, starting with me, are really off the mark by labeling things disabilities and how we treat that. Like, when you say disability, it, immediately, it really does separate you and immediately puts you in a different class or yeah, something you're, like you're that. You're the group of kids in the lunchroom that no one talks to. Right. Yeah. It, it, even though that's not the case, and that's what I'm saying. Like, you're, you're probably a better musician than me. You, you know what I mean? Seriously. I, I, I'm, and, like, w- the, what you're saying to me is actually pretty encouraging because I would say you don't look at it as a disability. You look at it as I'm seeing not. the world it's differently. an enhancement. Right. You're looking at the world differently. And so I think that we make a real mistake with that. And especially in the Christian world, you're right. We see something and then that's what we go after as opposed to you You have a lot of things that are messed up in your life. You know what I mean? I mean, vision is one of them. Right. I mean, and, and God's 
in, the, in, in, in relationship mm. to God, there's probably a million things that are going on that could be way more helpful for you if they would pray for it. But they see that, like, that, if you got your vision back, you'd be so much better. You'd be fulfilled and whole, and it would be this great testimony and all this stuff. But, I mean, there's a billion things they could be praying for that would really change your life as well. So I, I think it's really... Uh, I. I I, I've been reading some articles about different disabilities and autism and even blindness. And I listened to a, a podcast recently about that where uh, just when we label something as a disability and then we try to help, it actually inhibits people from growing and doing a lot of stuff that they could do totally fine. But we go, oh, they're disabled. So let me just do this, this, and this. And let me. Uh, and that's what I think is, is strange to me is that why do we have to look at it that way? Why wouldn't we look at the person and then that's one aspect of a person. Because it, it labels somebody as disabled as opposed to the individual. Like it puts them in a category instead of makes them an individual. Right. It says what they're not kind of a thing. I mean, and, and it's God's will. I mean, I'm blind for a reason. Mm-hmm. I can't curse God for that. And that's the thing oh, people always jump to. is like, oh, well, God's doing this to you. Like, no, God is doing a favor for me, in my opinion. That's the way I see it because he gave me music. He gave me beautiful people. He gave me a family and no one has betrayed me. Well, I mean, I I have had, of course, tons of people who see me as disabled and they treat Mm -hmm. me completely different. Like I have autism and I'm, you know, the the weirdo in class and I don't see it that way. I'm loud. I'm very (laughs) open-minded. I'll talk about anything. And I think being disabled, I guess, I don't even like that word. Just being blind in general, I think has given me the ability to be open-minded and have an uh, open heart to anyone, you know? I think that's pretty cool. Let's give him a hand. I mean, that's awesome. What? Huh? <laughs> I'm being dead serious. I mean, that's just a perspective that I think we all benefit from. For but sure. I think you, that's what he was just saying. He didn't want a hand. <laughs> he just wants, he's, he's just being real about it. Right? Hey, Tony, you're just one regular shitty bad yeah. Christian yeah, That's fan, right. In my yeah. yeah. You're just one other... <laughs> Dumbass that right. listens to this By podcast. The way, I do have a question. Is, jo- is, is Joey really fat? Yes. <laughs> hey, Joey, Joey, can can I Dude. come? Can I come touch you to verify? Hey, you you can, no, but I mean, no, no. You, you can't. You can't even fit your arms around me, man. The gravitational pull will bring me there. All right. <laughs> I hope you didn't waste your closing crack on that one, but that was really good. That do we have another awesome. question out here? Let's send this one back into the middle of the room here. My name's Mark. Um, a couple of months ago, I think in like a month or two, you guys talked about that you believe like John Piper, but you want to love people like Rob Bell. Um, do you guys still feel like kind of icky that you like are so open to different perspectives and stuff? <laughs> icky? Okay, first of all, <laughs> what's that mean? First of all, I have no idea who, if we said that or not. I mean, it's not like I don't even remember. You actually that. said that. You right. don't remember anything you say. Whatever. That was you. Dude it was says Toby. icky. No, 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 no. <laughs> what, what in the world, sir? My God. you <laughs> That's true. Only grandmas and little kids and Toby says That's that. That's true. Yeah, so when like I first started listening, you guys changed my perspectives on some things. Now it's just kind of like, uh, I didn't really like it. Like Even like, Joey, on changing your perspective on how, like, do you feel, I won't say icky, do you feel? Like, just totally <laughs> shitty. <laughs> do you feel shitty about that? There you or go. Like, do I feel shitty about changing yeah, my perspective like, on health? Do you feel Wait, like why, why would we? I mean, I, I mean, if those are things we said or things we think, what what's the ickiness? Can you just because he's like believed something about health for like thirty seven and a half years? He's the six month old that wants to think that people are burning in hell. 
but like, do you? F how do you feel about changing a perspective that you held for so long? But we, we have to have said a lot of times that changing your perspective has to be the the best possible thing that you're at least able to do. Such, I think. Like, I'm not saying what I believe next or the third thing I believe from now is maybe the best thing or the right thing, but I am pretty sure that if I can't, if I'm locked onto what I think, whether I inherited it or I'm just a stubborn person. That sounds weirder. That sounds ickier to me. Is to just you, you're locked on whatever it is, and it's not up for negotiation. Or listen, I don't agree with Joey about hell, but maybe I will. But the, you know, if you can't listen or change, that that's that sounds to me what was really messed up because there's you don't you're not actually. I mean, a lot of stuff you believe you have to have inherited or just found out or just accepted without even thinking about it. So the only power you have is to change your belief to some degree, like, to be able to assess things clearly. If you never change your mind, it doesn't sound good to me. Yeah, I don't think it's icky. I think it's, like, the way to go. Now, I, I don't know if you should necessarily – you shouldn't just blindly change your mind all the time and be, like, the waves of the ocean being crashed and thrown around. I, I don't think that. But I believe when you hear good evidence or data on things you should take it seriously I, I like we we get really scared about science uh, and i say we because i'm a part of the christian world uh, that it might somehow defeat god or something like that that seems like the most stupidest possible thing in the whole world because if science is good we're all super happy when it does create a pill or does stop a disease or does uh, help us stay alive or, or save a kid or whatever it might be we're all cool with it but it, as soon as it starts getting a little bit in the evolution world or something like that, we start freaking out and, and, and claiming this uh, hip, hypocritical, I think, uh, idea of science is stupid and, and this. So I, uh, my point would be, why not be open to stuff and trust that you're, as long as you're trying to honor God or follow Jesus or whatever that might be, it's okay to be doubtful about some things or figuring some things out. Or because, change your mind. Because otherwise, I don't. all you're doing is going to some room once a week for an hour and hearing somebody tell you about God, that doesn't make sense. So I, I don't feel at all scared that I get to own my Christianity. And it, it might not be right right now. There's there's things about my Christianity and my faith and my walk that aren't right. They're wrong. That's Praise what sin Jesus. is called. Yeah. Praise Jesus. For sure. Now hopefully you can change them yeah. as you Hopefully I can change them. I might not. But in the whole scheme of things, the amount of knowledge we know is about almost zero. I mean, there's so much stuff about this universe we don't know, so why are we so sure about a, a few things? We need but to I will, I will experience say this. a little bit more. I will say this, and I think this, I'm not trying to make you feel better, but I think it will, and I think it's just true, though. Oh, man, that's awesome. Thanks, I Toby. It. Thanks, man. Will you, like, touch my knee or something? <laughs> I really think that where a lot of Christians err, though, is when they start to seek things that may be a little out of the box they also simultaneously do it on their own. And I think that we always need to be saying, God, I am a dummy, and I, I don't know anything outside of you. Please help me. I'm seeking something. It seems a little crazy to me, so I need you to help me. I need you to rein me in. And I just don't feel like I've ever lost a sense of desperation for God and him guiding me and everything. So I am very much so comfortable with maybe I'm totally wrong with what I think about hell. Maybe I'm totally right. Either way, I feel like God's got me, you know? So I, I just think that's the most important thing is just knowing that we're still seeking him. And we don't have like our own agenda. Like this has to be right for me to serve God. I mean, that to me, that's a dead end. You might as well just stop then if you have to have, a, you know, things a certain way. So. Yep. One more right. question here. 
Man. I'm going to let y'all decide. How do we I'm choose? Not, I'm not yeah. going to sort it out. Oh, he went with proximity. Me? <laughs> he went with proximity Me. on that one. Uh, Wait a minute. Is that the non-Christian? It's, it's, <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I think that was a good choice. It wasn't Who proximity. gave him the damn mic? <laughs> Shit! Here we go. We're in trouble. <laughs> Please don't lead us astray with your yeah. intellect, sir. <laughs> God, I'm nervous right now. I'm so damn nervous. Do not bring up science. I I didn't want to say it. I actually do feel icky now. (laughs) Shit. This is a non-religious question. You guys sound okay. (laughs) Surprise, surprise. It's going to be like, do you think Dave's the best drummer you've ever seen? (laughs) No, I was curious about... Name, sorry. You got to go name first. My name is Mark as as well. I would have guessed Lucifer. Go ahead. Uh, my question is I so I find it rather entertaining when you guys talk about your wives and your families Mm -hmm. and I'm just curious about whether or not you've ever thought about bringing the wives onto the onto the podcast Mm -hmm. and 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 you know maybe do that quite a popular question (laughs) we're gonna do that for the BC club so if you would join tonight you'll, you'll get it now, quite a popular question indeed. The, you know, the thing is, you know, and and uh, maybe I'm the one that's maybe prevented it from happening. Yeah, I think there's a way that we can incorporate these women in our podcast. It would be good. I know people want to hear from them, but they're not necessarily gifted in the same way that <laughs> Joey is. My Lord. And, uh, right? My Lord. They're not necessarily entertainers or performers. My wife, for instance, will kicking and screaming. It'll be really hard to Priscilla, get. Priscilla, this is what I think of his answer. So... So my wife, for instance, would be it would be really hard to get her to do it. And the other thing you fight when, when you try to do that is if like if we have Priscilla on here on this show, if she's here tonight, guess guess what Joey's point of view is going to be? It's going to be severely altered. He's going to be severely right. protective of his wife. So now now you have Naturally. an inexperienced person in this semi-rough environment. Whatever. And, she answers to me, dude. And <laughs> and you're going to have Joey or Toby or or somebody trying to be ultra-protective and careful to make sure. You know what I mean? Right. So there's probably a format, and here's, to date, my favorite concept would be to have Toby's wife come on the show, but Toby, Toby. not on the show. Yeah. So something like that could be really interesting. So we've yeah. thought through it, and we know it's a popular ask that people Is would it, like yeah, to hear I, from I, these. I didn't, I didn't know you. These, uh, these other parts. I mean, you don't have a thing us, for our wives, do you? Yeah. No, it's nobody can believe that three females would marry us. <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Like, oh, my God, it has to be awful. It has to be awful. And you're right. You're dead right. <laughs> well, we can't I mean, give I, somebody one more question. Yeah, I mean, go, ahead. go ahead. All right. And the last question over here. Like, I had a quick question from, uh, from Aaron Lunsford's book. Uh, I was reading through it, and I came across one of the the stories in his injuries chapter. Yeah, and I was wondering if Toby could expand upon. All it really coming. says is, I remember it being a really fun night. The word got around that Toby, the singer of Emery, was on his way to the emergency room with Gary, his brother in Emery's guitar tech, because C- Toby had in fact stabbed his brother in the hand. <laughs> I was just wondering if you could expand upon that. Like, what happened? Uh, okay. We have toured with bands that have gone on to be giant and famous, and we stayed steady. We did not get giant and famous. We, we held the course. We were on tour with a band called Gym Class Heroes. Do y'all, y'all know that band? Travis McCoy, we're friends with him. Great band. 
great band, great dudes. And so that we heard heard that band and wanted them to come out with us, and, and, and they agreed, and it was great. Somehow, somebody gave him or he bought a giant massive novelty John Wayne knife. The thing was, when, when you open it, was a real working knife, and when you open it up, it was about two feet long almost. Like, you had to hold it like this, open palm. And at the end of the show at the Grog Shop in, in Cleveland. Cleveland, Ohio, my brother and I are goofing around, and I'm acting like No, no, I'm no. A, Your brother was not goofing my around. My brother was, in fact, not goofing around. <laughs> he was irritated I was, at I was you for goofing around. I was acting a fool. <laughs> And my brother, I was like, I'm going to stab you. I'm going to stab you with this big knife. And we're just cutting up. And he holds up his hand. And when he does, the knife goes directly in between his index finger and the thumb and slits this part right here. Yeah. Right here. And so we had to go to the emergency room. And uh, it was really terrible. And the doctor said, hey, if it would have been like, seriously, like the most minute farther, he would have had nerve damage forever and his thumb and index finger or whatever wouldn't have worked the same forever and it ended up being really great. That that didn't happen. But the bill was like, uh, I don't know, $1,000 and I made the band pay for it. <laughs> <laughs> because something like it, we were it all happened really, on tour. <laughs> it happened on tour or we were all entertained by it or something right, like right. that. Right, right. Some like, logic yeah, you know. like that. So no, not out of Toby's spot. Toby opens the bus door and ha- takes the big John Wayne knife, holding it up and down. And Gary goes, no, no, man, no, no, man. Puts his hand up to stop Toby from doing it. Slice. Made right. a vagina right inside of his. Yep. And that, that, look at your, in between your thumb and, and index finger right now. Yeah. Imagine look a, at it. a vagina cut right in it. That was actually exactly what happened. You, okay. you take opportunities to talk about vaginas and penises a lot sometimes, and I was wondering if we were ever going to get this, to that place. Is this your transition into my damn news? Sure is. <laughs> in a world... In a world where the person who gives you their news gives you the news actually made a vagina in his brother's hand. My name is Toby Morrell, and this Amazing. is The Damn News. How many people can say that though? It might be one. I mean, how many how many people have brothers here, and your brother would love it if he you gave him a <laughs> vagina, an extra vagina? That'd be amazing. I don't hear any women laughing. Let's move on from this. Can you stop, <laughs> Doctor Soundtech? Move on. All right, can I get started here? This is going to be a nightmare. All right, this first news... <laughs> He's on fire. He's on fire tonight. You guys have made Joey on fire tonight. I-, I promise you, I know hell doesn't exist, but you were on fire tonight with your jokes. You are on fire, my friend. Anything you do is golden. Man... This is for you. This is my first news story is for you. Man stunned by what he found inside Domino's delivery box. Oh, shit. But it, <laughs> dang. He's on fire. But it wasn't pizza, Joey. This Come from, on. This comes from the mirror. A man who ordered some pizza and wings from his local takeaway was astonished when he opened the box. He ordered a pizza from Domino's and got a lot more than he bargained for when he opened the box to find a massive wad of cash. Oh! <laughs> 
Mike Vegas, which is an awesome name, that is so cool, Mike Vegas, was keenly awaiting his pizza and wings when the box containing two stacks of bills amounted to about 15, I think it was like, it's in, this was in Europe, so I don't know what pounds are. <laughs> 860 pounds, which is probably what, about, about $1,500 yeah, $1, or something. Uh, he shared an image of, of the special delivery on uh, Twitter. He told ABC 7 News that he had eaten just one slice of pizza and then put the rest of the food in the fridge. And when he got off his shift, he had missed lots of calls from the delivery guy who had been on his way to the right. bank. Thus, put the cash in a wings box for safekeeping and then mislaid the box. Vegas said at about 5 a.m., I got home from work, went to my refrigerator, Pulled it out, and I thought it was wings, but it turned out to be about 1300 bucks. Mm-hmm. Um, I wrote a, fo- a Facebook post, and, of course, there was a long list of people arguing that he should keep it. Mm-hmm. He said, you should, but he, he decided not to keep it and returned it. And then, which I think is awesome, and I'm going to give a free ad here. I love Domino's Cheesy Bread. Oh, my okay. God. You sure do. Their new cheesy bread is amazing. You do. Um, they gave him a whole year of free pizza. Wow. Which is really awesome. But So here's why I brought this up. What's the amount of money that you wouldn't return? And then what would, I mean, like, obviously, if you found five or ten bucks, you wouldn't, you don't care. Right. You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I guess if somebody said, hey, that's my five dollars, maybe you would return it, obviously. But if you found fifteen hundred dollars, uh-huh. would you try to return it if you didn't know where it came Get, from? Like, given would, the scenario, my okay. first assumption here would be that th- that the person who's shuffling money in a pizza box in a right. delivery is doing some kind of drug Shady. Thing. Right. Yeah, you, right. Yeah, that's what I thought. In too. which case, you, but he wasn't, you but need yeah. to comply and you don't need to try to keep that money. That's the whole plot right. of No if you're Country walking, for yeah, Old Men. If you're walking... <laughs> yeah, you're right. Right? Yes. It's on a smaller scale. So it doesn't... And after $1,500, as it gets larger, you're in worse and worse danger. Right. And Anton Sugar is coming for you. Yep. Sugar. So I don't... I don't, you know, if it's, it has to be under $100. Okay, but you, say this. You're walking through the grocery store. You look down, and there's $3,000. You can put it in your pocket, or do you go to the guy at the front desk and say, hey, I think somebody dropped $3,000. It's just Always so drug money. Do you do it? It's just tough because, No, I mean, but I mean, just it's just the money. Whatever. Okay, drug money, that means you keep it? No, or do you, you return it? for you. No. <laughs> So you would return it no matter what. Yeah, you don't want the drug people after you, man. What's the what? Would you return it? I mean, it's tough because the person at the grocery store is going to be like, "Oh, three thousand. Yeah, we had someone report it, and yeah, you need to give it to me." And then he takes it home. So you I don't. Mean, what if what if God intended for you to have it? <laughs> and I'll make a shameless plug for Matt. What top five favorite movies? Simple Plan. Exactly. You need if you have not seen a Simple Plan, you've got to see it. It's What's the most amount of money you've ever found? Um. Well, my dad and I actually found a purse loaded with cash, and then we even opened up the wallet to see if there was any identification. There was loads of cash in that, too. Then we looked over across, and there was like a huddle of family, like really distraught and everything. We were like, I bet you they lost and that y- purse. And y'all left. really sad and everything. We got out of there. You got the <laughs> hell out of there fast. <laughs> no, the lady actually came to us and kind of like pointed like, oh, is that y'all? And we're like, no, we've been waiting here. We're good Christian people, and we waited. <laughs> And then we gave it so to him. So we returned it. What's the most amount you've ever kept? Do you remember? Um, Do you find any? Probably okay, $20. Right, let me $20 get, I'll give you a couple things here. Number yeah, give one, us a couple things. Maybe first first of all, I, I do think that in general, to accumulate or gain money or anything that you didn't earn or don't have value to is not going to be to your uh, – it's not going to be good for you in the long run. I think you okay. should – Proportionally, only have the money. Like I think, winning the lottery is bad for the same reason. Doesn't matter if it's legitimate or not. I think the money and the things that you acquire proportionally, you need to 
acquire them legitimately. It doesn't matter if it's like bad or not. But as I'm remodeling my house, (laughs) I did did notice on my last Home Depot receipt that there was a $50 bucket of thin-set tile mortar that did not go on my... Uh, it wasn't on my right, receipt. and I paid. It was like it was the the bill was three or four hundred dollars. I didn't even notice it. Okay, I never went back. Well, I think I told. I mean, so my mm. house has my new place that I'm remodeling now has fifty dollars of blood money and in, in, oh into the property <laughs> as we speak. You're cursed, and I, know, I feel I'm you. feeling really guilty about it. <laughs> what you got, Toby? All right, this next one. This actually happened to us last night as we were leaving the Milwaukee show. So I thought this was really a really interesting story. Uh, this comes from my good friends at the Huffington Post. Driver allegedly leaps from moving car to escape spider. So last night, Whoa. last night we left Milwaukee, and Matt is petrified of spiders. Jo- Joey's driving, and Joey goes, "Oh!" And he claps his hand together and says, "Matt, I'm so glad you weren't driving because I just killed a spider. They turned on the light, and it was a giant spider laying dead on Joey's leg. Matt is petrified. I believe you probably would have killed us." I think you would have tried to pull over, swerve, or something to get out of the car. I think you would have killed us because you you're really scared of spiders. But this lady, an Indiana woman, leapt from a, a moving car on Friday after noticing a spider on her shoulder. Angela Kipp, who's 35 years old, was backing her Dodge Avenger out. Dodge Avenger's an awesome-sounding car. Out of her driveway in Syracuse when she spotted an arachnid. Uh, said the sheriff. Um, Kip's nine-year-old son moved from the back seat and tried to hit the brakes, but mistakenly pushed down the accelerator, sending the vehicle straight into a passing school bus. Wow. The boy who authorities found lying on the ground outside of the vehicle was taken to a hospital for minor injuries. The bus driver wasn't injured, and there were no passengers on the bus. The sheriff's department was unable to tell Huffington Post whether Kip might face charges from the crash. As wild as the story might sound, Kip is not the first driver to leap from a vehicle in terror. Leah Diagiovanni, 24, told the Huffington Post that she experienced a similar in- incident in New York. Back in 2009, she said she saw something scurry across the steering wheel and realized it was a huge spider. Um, she said that she made a sharp right turn, and her friend managed to slam the car into park before they leapt out. So anyway, so with that being said, I... Can you believe that if you had if you had your kid in the car, would you yeah. leap from a car? No. A car? That no. sounds unreal. No, I think there's a. You thing. would kill your son for a spider. No, I think there's a thing that kicks in when you have a kid that you could you could handle it or take. Well, I, apparently not for this person, but right. I do think in general that you that there's certain fears that when you have a kid they take over. Uh, such as killing a spider. If a, if a, a spider was a, attacking my daughter, I would be able to overcome that. <laughs> I would be able to overcome the situation. <laughs> a spider attacking your daughter yeah. is going off on your daughter. Okay. I would I would have to. I mean, I, yeah. I think that I would be able to overcome my fear in that situation. Joey, last night you weren't scared at all. You're not scared of insects at I all. I was scared for Matt. Right. Yeah. And spiders are not insects, dumbass. Arachnids. <laughs> but I meant if there was any spider... I would have been afraid of a roach. I mean, any, any insect. A roach. Roaches yeah. are so gross, for I'm sure. I'm afraid of them, for sure. All right, I got one more news story. Do y'all want... Thank the Lord. Y'all want, do y'all want drinking or sex related? Let's do drinking. All right. I love drinking. I thought this was badass. This is why I like this story. A woman chugged a bottle of liquor because she couldn't take it on the plane. <laughs> Sweet. 
This has that is to, just like, badass. Like, not. Nah. <laughs> can is this going to be in the southeastern United States? Well, we'll find out. This comes from Tom, um, a Chinese woman. Okay, who Chinese <laughs> woman. Okay, was making a connecting flight from Beijing to uh, I cannot say that Wenzhou Friday and told an, and was told by airport security that she could not take an expensive bottle of cognac onto the plane, which she had bought from the U.S. and wanted to bring it on the plane in her mm-hmm. luggage. Not wanting to let her two hundred dollar, you might know this, Remy Martin cognac. Yep, uh, go go to waste. The woman uh, drank the entire bottle. She became so intoxicated that she was found <laughs> rolling on the floor and acting erratically at the boarding gate at the Beijing. <laughs> she was so drunk she couldn't even stand up. We took her to a room in a wheelchair <laughs> so she could rest. She was not allowed to board the, her flight out of concern for her safety and others and herself as she was traveling alone. When she woke up several hours later, um, her family escorted her home. So I, here's the thing. I just think, for me, okay, that sounds crazy. Probably wasn't the right decision, but that is just so badass. To like, if I would oh, yeah. love to walk up to TSA and they go, uh-uh, and I go, oh, really? <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, fuck me? Fuck you. <laughs> That's what I want to say. That's what I want to say. It's just like the time that Joey ate that pocket knife. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, really? (laughs) (laughs) He shit it out, and it's in his pocket today. (laughs) Have y'all ever gotten in trouble at TSA, though, for something? My brother and I, when we were on vacation in Charlotte, North Carolina, and for some reason back then, I guess my parents just took us to the, the airport to see a big airport. We were young. I, I mean, I seriously, I was like maybe early middle school or whatever, and so we were going through the metal detector, and my brother and I thought it would be really funny. When my brother walked through, I was like, hey, Gary, and I pretended to throw. I was like, I, catch these guns, and I, I, I thought it was so, in my head, it was so funny, and, the, and everybody there just freaked out, and, like, stopped, and my dad was so mad. He was just so angry and they pulled us over to the side and they like waved the wand around us and all that yeah. stuff try to make an, an example of us but and that was pre 911 oh yeah and totally. you know and today yeah. like like if here's the thing if you were 8 year old 9 year old Gary Toby now you would have the discernment or wisdom to not make that same gag right but if had if you did you'd be you would have gone be in to big jail. trouble like yeah. you would have been detained and it would have been a lot a lot worse for sure I don't. I just don't like it. the The whole TSA thing, I think, is just terrible. I think it only affects us, and I just hate it. And it, I mean, seriously, this lady didn't want to drink her entire bottle. She's like two hundred dollars. What am I going to do? I have to get to my flight, so she just chugged. No, nah, she's a problem, man. She, no, she's badass. Yeah, for sure. Anyway, that's the news with Toby. Yeah. All right. All right, well, that news was brought to you by Brian Hunt, Sean McIntyre, Austin Laws, Jonathan Williams, Nathan Corley, Tyler Dreher, Nick Hubba, Andy Othling, Nick... Oh, my phone. Daggummit, I have to push the damn code in. Andy Othling, Nick Hoffman, Patrick Dayton, Reef Morgan Mims, Daniel Lech... Dylan Christner, Ariel Compton, and Brian Perez. Thank you guys for being in the BC Club. Matt, tell them what the BC Club is about. (laughs) 
it's this giant list that, that Joey makes up names for. There's actually only four or five people in the club. Yeah. We've been making up names for six months. He loves it. We let I him do it because he loves it. But he just loves improvising names. Uh, yeah, thank you to the people here for the show tonight. How many of you guys in the BC Club we got to come here? Nice. As a perk. I appreciate Sweet. it. Sweet. Yep. I appreciate it. This has been a wonderful show. Thank you guys for all being here. Um, the BC Club is the way that we funded this show. The people that pay, that, that choose to pay what they want for these episodes, for the stupid stuff that we do. They bought our plane ticket. We got a rental car. We're going to get a hotel tonight. Thank you for doing that. We appreciate it very much. And thank you to everybody else who's here, too. Now we're at the par- point where we uh, wrap up with a gag. And, uh, Tony, you might have burnt your best gag on the, that fat Joey thing. Oh, before we... You have another one, or somebody else got one? And before we do that, before we establish who's going to give this joke, uh, we do have merchandise in the back, and the, and we want to premiere our buddy Aaron Lunsford's book. It really and truly is an awesome book, and we have a bunch of copies. There you go. Everybody turn back there and see backstage. Uh, he's the drummer of As Cities Burn, but some some stuff over there, sweatshirts, t-shirts, and everything, but honestly, uh, we're we're just happy to see your faces. If you don't want yep. to give us any yeah. extra money, then that's it's on a, you. It's I mean. a wild experiment. There's people as dumb as you to be here, and there's people crazy enough to download this podcast, and that we that there there's a that, that we could be here. That it's a pretty amazing thing. So thank you. This stuff's available online. Thank you to everybody that listens to this and that's at home. Who's our last gag tonight? Who's who's got a killer joke. Alright, it's right over here. It is funny, though. How many of you could tell your parents what you did tonight? Mom and Dad, I went to this dude's basement and these guys talked. <laughs> my, dad, my dad cannot understand podcasting, so I can't understand why. Anyway, go ahead, sir. Uh, my name is Adam. Alright, uh, hey, no matter what, when he tells this joke, we all die laughing. We don't leave Adam al- l- l- hanging dry. Yeah. All right. So a woman walks into a bar of like a high rise, um, you know, penthouse or whatever, and sees a man drowning his sorrows at the bar. And she goes up to him, tries to strike up a conversation with him. She says, uh, you know, hey, buddy, what are you what are you drinking there? And he goes, oh, you know, it's just a magic beer. And she goes, a magic beer. What do you mean by that? He goes, oh, I guess I show you. And he takes a swig of the beer and walks over to the window, opens it up and uh, jumps out and starts flying circles around the, the building. And the woman's like, oh, my God, that's amazing. She takes a, a swig of the beer and jumps out the same window, falls to her death. So a guy flies back in, sits back down at the bar, and continues sipping his beer. Bartender says, God, Superman, you're a dick when you're drunk. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, guys. Have a good night. <laughs>